My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Team Melly Talk. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Team Melly Talk. I'm your host, Artif Tahari. Really glad that you could join us. And for this edition of Team Melly Talk, I'm really excited to be on the phone with Arya Alaverdi of Golbezan and Kiarash Mahdavi, a popular fan from the Iranian football community. Guys, welcome to Team LA Talk. It's great to have you. How are we doing today? Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Second time on the on the podcast with yourself. Um, and also a pleasure to be with a good friend of mine, Kiarash. Uh, of course, like you said, very popular guy from the Iranian football community. And hopefully we can create a good discussion about Iranian football and the, the World Cup leading up this summer in Russia. Yeah, thank you, Arya and Arash. Um, thanks for having me also uh, on the show today. I'm uh, very happy to be your guest. I'm uh, excited to talk about the uh, World Cup uh, squad that has been announced today. So, guys, let's begin. Okay, so let's get right to this. Team Ali just defeated Uzbekistan in a friendly match, one nothing. The lone goal was scored by Ruzbeh Cheshmi. And, you know, before we, this is a maybe a little off topic from our main agenda, but a lot of people are saying it wasn't really the best result. They said it mostly was an Uzbek under-23 side. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But first thing is first, with the list, Carlos Queiroz, manager of Team Ali, announced Iran's 24-man squad, meaning that one more player will be taken off that list. And there are three standby players. And those three standby players are Vuria Gafuri, who plays as a right back, Jalal Hosseini, a longtime center back, and Kaveh Rezaei, striker, who's been playing for Charleroi in the top flight of Belgium. So let's start with Jalal Hosseini. First one, this is going to go to you, Arya. And my question for you is, you know, what do you make of this with Jalal, Hos- with Jalal Hosseini being put on the standby list? I mean, from my point of view... I'm a little disappointed about this because I feel like his experience will be extremely vital in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, and you're right. You know, he uh, he was there for 2014 World Cup. Uh, he was a great captain for us uh, within the qualifiers, and he's always been one of our. He's probably been Iran's, you know, most probably our best defender of all time. And uh, I think people would would probably struggle to argue against that you know we've he's we've not really had a center back of his quality for forever forever basically and uh and yet but the thing is he's 36 years old and you have to understand that although he's a great defender although he's been fantastic for us even in recent times even for his club last week he scored a goal although that i have to understand that as footballers as uh, as sports people you have to have a certain level of of athletic um, ability, and at thirty six, I, I don't I don't know if Kairos believed he had that anymore. You know, he he'll never he'll never lose his defensive abilities. He'll he'll always be a good defender, but will he be the athlete he was when he was 25, 30, maybe thirty two, when he was at the last World Cup? I don't think so. So I think he's I think Kairos just looked at that and said. Um, no, he's, he's maybe not there anymore. And at the last game against Uzbekistan that he played a few days ago, he would look at Majid Hosseini, he'd look at Khanzadeh, and he would say, well, did they look fitter than Hosseini when he came on? And he'd probably say, yeah, he did. And, he did. and 
uh, from that perspective, he probably t- took the decision to leave him out and say, um, I'll take the fitter players instead of the more experienced player. Kiarash, what's your take on this, man? Um, I'm, uh, I agree with Arya in first place, but I also wanted to add that uh, knowing Carlos Queiroz, uh, he is a coach that uh, is not afraid to take a risk and can make sometimes a lot of controversial decisions. And I think um, he chose to uh, have Hosseini, uh, Jalal Hosseini, on the standby list because I have the idea that he wants to build, build for the future, especially uh, when you consider his uh, age. He's already 30, 36 years old. So uh, his age is not helping anymore. And uh, maybe if Carlos Queiroz is going to stay for the Asian Cup, he already wants to uh, integrate a new centre-back in the defence. Uh, a guy like, uh, I haven't seen him much play, Majid Hosseini. Uh, he seems to be a good emerging talent. I think he, he can be a replacement uh, for him in the long term. But I think it all comes down to the lack of uh, fitness uh, Jalal Hosseini has. Because um, maybe some of you re- remind it, but some of you don't. Uh, when you look back at the last game against Bosnia four years ago, you noticed that Jalal Hosseini was uh, more uh, error-prone because uh, he was out of gas. And I think um, when you skip four years later, that might still be the case, but uh, to a bit of a more extent. So I can understand the exclusion of Jalal Hosseini, although I'm disappointed uh, as well because he uh, brings uh, stableness in our defense. So that's my take on it. I am very surprised, but I'm also excited to see the young player, um, Majid Hosseini, to be our new centre-back. Excellent response there, Kiorash. And Kiorash, next, still staying with you, my question for you now is, so does that mean going into the 2018 World Cup, do you see Majid Hosseini starting at centre-back with Mortaza Puraliganji, or are you ready to say that it's probably going to be Pejman Montazeri to be starting at centre-back. First of all, I would like to say that Montazeri has a very high footballing IQ. Uh, He makes very smart passes. He uh, may not be the fastest player, but uh, he is very versatile. So I don't think uh, he will be tried as centre-back. Uh, rather as a defensive midfielder because, you know, uh, there is a problem with our defensive midfield uh, since Esatoloi is uh, banned for the first game against Morocco. So that brings me to the only conclusion that Majid Hosseini alongside Pur Ali Ganji is the best option we have to offer right now. And, uh, yeah, it can be uh, a success story or it can be a good lesson for Carlos Queiroz that... uh, young players with less experience might not always be a good answer, especially on big stage. But this is really a hit or a miss, if you ask me. And Arya, I know you've been big on Majid Hosseini, but as you know, Majid Hosseini, you know, of Estegal, he's only been capped one time for Team Eli. I mean, don't you think this is playing with fire if Carlos Queiroz is going to start Majid Hosseini at center back? In the World Cup, the the reason why I think he should start is not necessarily because he's. I mean, the thing about Bajito Saini starting, in my opinion, is because 
as a football in, a, in footballing sense, you have to understand that it's not only about the experience and leadership skills of a player. If the player, in my opinion, as a I, I coach football, I, I I've seen this before. When players are good enough, doesn't matter how old they are, they should play regardless of the age. Like for example, you you had Marcus Rashford for Manchester United, right? A very young player. He was good enough to play, and they played him. You know. I don't. Obviously, defense is different. Defense is you have to be more organized. You have to be um, disciplined as a defender. But again, it doesn't matter if you're good enough to play. If you've got the ability, if you've shown it, even against Uzbekistan, who is not a strong side, against their against their their youth players, it doesn't matter. When he's not made any mistakes in that game, and he showed maturity and experience, and and even when um, Jalalcini came on in the second half. In my opinion, I thought Majid looked the better player. I thought he looked, to be honest, I thought he looked the more experienced player. For some reason, I thought he looked a bit more secure at the back. Um, and that's just maybe just the way I see it. Maybe somebody else see it differently. But for me, I thought he looked more secure. Um, and Kairos probably seen the same thing. He said, you know what? You know what? Take the young, take him because he's better. He's doing better. And you can't take it away. You can't say to a player just because you've got less experience but you're a better player, you can't play. You know what I mean? It's kind of unfair in that sense. So he said, you know what, I'm taking the better player. Uh, I'm taking the player who's maybe younger, but he's doing better. He's faster, he's stronger, he's, he's um, better at heading the ball, he's, he's, he can jump higher. Why not take him? You know? Um, so, yeah, that's what I see. Uh, maybe not, though. He might not start. He might not start. He might not. He might put Motazeri on. It could be the opportunity for him to again reignite his national team status um, like uh, Kiorai said he could, he could also play him in midfield in the defensive midfield uh, we've got Hans on there who isn't a fan favourite at all <laughs> but uh, we'll see you know he's, he's not he's not horrendous but he's not great he's not great um, so I don't think he'll start I don't think he should start at least um, I think he's been taken as a, as a right back uh, um, either as a substitute right back for Rezaian or maybe starting against Spain or Portugal and the other one um, is Cheshmi who can also play at the, at the back but I think he's also better in midfield so um, for me Majid Hosseini and Puadi Ganji are, are the ones who I would start for sure Good explanation I like what you got to say and you know even like what Kiarash said as well you know this could be a total you know hit or miss we're just going to have to wait and see now yeah, I just want, sorry. I just want to add something, uh, Art, if you don't mind. Um, we just we've just gotten confirmation from uh, not not some rumors from from uh, Gold Bizan, our one of the other podcasts that I work for uh, on Twitter. They've written that Hosseini wasn't necessarily dropped for footballing reasons, but he may have had friction with some younger players. So that's something to also think about whether or not maybe he has influence on the younger players wasn't working. And uh, Kairos thought that maybe um, he wanted to just start fresh. You know, that's also one thing to think about. You know, we've heard those sayings before. You know, there's people saying things like, oh, yeah, there's all these armchair managers who talk and talk and, you know, don't have much experience or don't have much to say or really cannot back up with what what it is they want to say. I understand what people say when it comes to that. But one thing for sure is that it's not easy to be the manager of a football club let alone a national team. So, yes, thank you for bringing that up. There's always There could always be something that we don't know about. And with that, let's move forward a little bit now. 
as we're uh, still on the topic of players now on standby, and one player in particular is striker Kave Rezaï, who had a really good season with Charleroi, if that's how you pronounce it, in the top flight of Belgium. And I remember even seeing a link involving how the press of Belgium was just really surprised as to why Kave Rezaï was not included on you know on the final on the final list for Iran. And Kiarash, I'm going to start with you first. What is your take on Kave Rezaï? Yeah, I think uh, he's a type of player that Carlos Queiroz can use if you consider his tactics. Uh, Carlos Queiroz, if you see his game, uh, he uses high-pressing games uh, with uh, strikers, also have to be uh, hard-working players. In my opinion, if you say these things, uh, Javier Rizari fits in the description perfectly. So to me, it's uh, very surprising that Javier Rizari hasn't been rewarded for his very strong uh, first season in Europe. There are not many Iranian strikers who uh, can say the same, that they have scored like 16 goals. For a mid-table team in Belgium, I think that's uh, very admirable. But to be honest, I think uh, Reza Gutsanejad has uh, the edge over Javier Rizari because uh, Reza Gutsanejad has proved in the times that uh, Team Meli was most desperate for a goal that he still delivered. And when you think about the deliver, delivering, is uh, when you look back at the Qatar game, last uh, World Cup qualifier, he was subbed in and he just scored out of nowhere. He's the right man at the right time and at the right moment. And when I look at Javier Rezaï's games in Team Ali so far, it's not bad. But um, he misses the synchronization with other players in a team. Uh, in a in a team, so uh, he he does not link up uh, very well as we would like to see. And I think uh, yeah, Carlos is just going for the safe option and for the most reliable option. And I think that's why. Uh, I mean, it was a hard toss-up between the both players because. Uh, they are still scoring for their respective clubs in Europe. I mean, good, uh, Reza Gutsanajot has around nine or ten goals for Hiroveng. So it was a hard decision. But I think at the end of the day, uh, he made uh, the decision because uh, Reza Gutsanajot is uh, just uh, more clutch. That's how you can uh, say it. He's a more clutch player than Javier Rezaí. So touching on what QRS just said, and once again, very good explanation... Would you say then that is Kaveh Rezaï right now basically that kind of player where he does very well at the club level, but he still can't really get it right at the national team level? Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. But again, he hasn't really given, he's only been given nine games for the national team. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate because to say he scored 16 goals in in, the, in his first season in Europe is, is fantastic, you know, and he deserves... He doesn't deserve it. I mean, just because he scored 16 goals doesn't necessarily mean it qualifies for, for him to get called up. It doesn't mean that he has to get called up. There's no, there's no like, um, prerequisite. It doesn't say just because you scored 16 goals, you have to get called up. No, it doesn't mean anything. For me, um, it, ha- it means what the ki- what the coach wants. And the coach has looked at Kovar Rezoi and he's, say- he's looked at him as a, as a striker, as, as a football player. And he said, what does he give me? And he, I don't think uh, he thinks Kovarizoy um, would give him anything different to what Osmond would give him, for example. And we all know, right, 
Kongarizoi wouldn't start in the World Cup. He wouldn't start. We all know that. He wasn't going to play anyway. And even if he was in the squad, he wasn't going to play. He wasn't like he wouldn't start ahead of, of Sadar Osman. That wasn't going to happen. Okay, so even if he had gone, he would have been on the bench. And if he was to come off the bench, right, would he have scored a goal? Maybe, but for me, Kongarizoi is not a poacher. Gutenajad is a poacher, and he was going to come off the bench. He may more likely score a goal. That's the reason why he, maybe he wasn't called up because he wasn't going to start. Sadar Osman was going to start, and if in between Gutenajad and uh, Kamarizai, from experience, who has scored the goals off the bench? It's Gutenajad, and, and that's probably the reason why. And obviously, Anthony Far was going to go. There was no doubt about that, but. Gushanajad and Kovarezai, it was more of a... It wasn't really based on how many goals he scored this season. I mean, Gucci wasn't too bad this season. He scored nine goals, which isn't too bad. Ten in all competitions. It's quite good. But um, he hasn't... He uh, He's looked at he's looked at the actual footballer rather than the stats, the stats this season. All right, everybody. With that, we're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Omi Nazari, and uh, you are listening to Team Ellie Talk. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Team Ellie Talk. Continuing now our discussion with Arya and Kiarash. All right, my next question here for you now is for you, uh, Arya. And earlier you mentioned Majid Hosseini. You know, I brought up the fact that he's very inexperienced playing for Team Ellie, the national team of Iran. And you said your whole thing was put the player in that's better, that's going to get the job done. But, you know, let's go back to 2014. There was that 35-man list, you know, eventually to 28 and eventually to 23. I was really disappointed when Sardar Azmoun was not included on the final 23-man roster for the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Looking back at that, would you say that was a mistake from Carlos Queiroz? Um, yeah, quite possibly. I mean... It, it, it depends because again you have to look at you have to look at the squad and you have to see would would Gutierrez have would he have been benched for Osmond? I don't think so. I think Osmond would have been on the bench regardless. Now would he have come on and done something? Eh, possibly, but I for me it's different for being a striker than being a defender. Being a defender, you're going to be involved in the game constantly especially a team like Iran, who isn't the best team in the world. We all know that. He, he's going to be in... Uh, Bajid Hosseini, if he starts, he'll be involved in the game for the whole 90 minutes. Osmond probably would have got one chance for the whole for the whole match, like Gucci did against uh, against Argentina, you know? So maybe maybe it would have been good to take him, but I think the best the best thing was that, um, you know, he, he, took, he took the squad that he believed would have got the job done, it didn't, it didn't get a job done, and you know you, you might be right. You, you might be right in saying Osmo should have went, but I mean it, it's it's something that's in the past now, and I think that now he understands this, the team more. Um, you know, it, it makes more sense, and also you have to say Jahan Bash did go to the World Cup, and he although he played well, you know he was the only probably young player who was in the in the team at that time, and. I think uh, Kairos went with the idea of taking a, an experienced team, a very old experienced team, and he, it didn't work. It was and, and Bosnia, like like Kairos said earlier on, they they gassed out, they gassed out, and it wasn't good enough. And this year, I think Kairos said 
I'm not having it anymore. We're taking a fit young team to the World Cup and making sure we don't gas out. You know, as long as we don't, um, as we don't gas out, I think we'll always have a chance. That's, that's the most important thing for me. All right, Kiorash, your turn, man. What do you think about this? Uh, what I think about this, um, Sadar Asmun uh, at that time was a still very young player, and I remind her he had uh, breathing issues. Uh, he has had a surgery for that, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, when you look back at his performances for Rostov, he was not a 90-minutes player. And I think um, Carlos Queiroz uh, finds it very important that each of their players are fit. And when you have, like Arya said, one chance in the entire game, you have to be sharp and capitalize uh, on the chance. That has something that Carlos Queiroz has been insisting on um, because of the defensive uh, playing style. But um, I think he did learn from this mistake of dropping Asmoon. I think you can call it a mistake because uh, we were really limited in our uh, forward capabilities uh, in Brazil four years ago. We only took true strikers, poor strikers. There was Karim Ansarifard and Rizzo Gutsun in and now, um, when you look at the list, it's way more offensive. And I think that he's uh, capitalizing on our offensive abilities because um, we just have more options in our forward. So I think that's why he's uh, taking uh, an extra offensive midfielder like uh, Samon Rutos. Not even Samuel Rodos, Rodizade can also play as a uh, attacking midfielder, but he's still very young. So I think he, uh, yeah, he realized his mistake. It was a mistake because Asmund was young and uh, the experience of being a World Cup uh, should have been much more vital for his development back then. But I think he did the, he did the right choice by uh, having a more offensive list this time around. All right, and you mentioned Ali Golizade, yeah. the, next, the next person that I wanted to talk about who is on this list. And, you know, he's yeah. listed as a forward. He plays for Saipa in the Iranian mm-hmm. Pro League. But it when but looking at the list, though, that I've seen on all over social media, they have Golizade listed as a defender. So has Carlos Queiroz just turned Golizade into a left back or, you know, basically like a wing back or a winger? Yeah, Carlos Queiroz has a tendency of uh, uh, switching positions of players who usually don't play in that position. And uh, it has worked out very well in the past. Like Jose Eideri, uh, I can remind one position that he didn't play for. And Carlos Queiroz is turning him into a wingback because uh, or right back is defensively not very secure. And when you look at Golizada's last game against Uzbekistan, he has a very high uh, work rate. And that very high work rate uh, could uh, be uh, well for the team, especially when you have to defend a lot against the likes of Portugal and Spain, but still have to move forward. I think it, it has been the right decision to try to Golizadi and turn him into a wingback. That really gives us more uh, secureness in the back because with Reza Ayan, he's really good in going forward. Uh, he has been showing it with good assists for the national team in the World Cup qualifiers, but he has some lapses in concentration here and there uh, when he's trying to defend. So Carlos Queiroz 
is exploring his options and I think he lost versatile players and Golizade can be one of them. Arya, your turn. What's your take on Ali Golizade? He's a talented player. You know, he's a very talented player. He's got good skills, uh, good pace. Um, and he looked good yesterday against Uzbekistan. I thought he looked very um, effective um, as a left-back. It was interesting, to, put, to, to say the least. You know, he, he normally played as a right winger for his club, um, for Saipa. Um, but he looked good. You know, he, he was linking up well with Tony on the left side. Uh, he was doing well in terms of you know, making sure his position with the centre backs was was um, you know well set up. It wasn't out of out of position, and he did well for I would say the the time that he was on for at left back. He did he did get caught out a few times. He, he got beaten by the right winger a couple of times, and that's natural. You know, that's his first time playing left back. It's going to happen. What I think Kairos has looked at um, for the full backs, especially is. Uh, especially the reason why he's dropped uh, Rafuri, who's a, a, a fan favourite. Uh, the reason why I think this has happened is because he's taken a look at what we've got and he said, well, we need to have an, an attacking fullback for sure. So he's taken Rezoyan and um, Ali Rezoyan and he's made them the right-back attacking option. And he's also got a defensive option for left-back is Mirad Mohamedi, who's also attacking as well, but he's very good defensively. And he's gonna sit. He probably will start him. Obviously, he, he, he will definitely put the left back in the World Cup. And then the right back, he's t- he's put another defensive minded approach to it, and he's taking Hanzo there instead of Kafuri, which you know you could say is like a strange choice. But in the day, I don't think it's the worst choice because although it seems like Hanzo is a really bad player, he was actually when he was younger, he was a good right back. He did well at right back, and he did. He was not a bad player. And I think that um, Rafuri is very good going forward. He's played at right wing for Istanbul this season. And he's probably thought, you know, I want a, a, a defensive option. At right. I don't want two, two attack-minded right-backs. I want one attacking, one defensive-minded. And he's taking cons of it. So, you know, that, that's, how, that's how it's gone. And I, I don't disagree, but I don't love it either. But it's the way it goes, and hopefully it works. All right, anything more you'd like to add to this, Kiarash? Uh, no, I uh, in big lines agree with uh, Arya uh, because uh, we often tend to play on the wings. Um, I think it's uh, good to have Golizade as an uh, extra uh, player to give us more flair and uh, attacking threat on the wings, especially because Sardar Asmoon is very lively in the air. And uh, I think we are mostly dependent on Asmoon and his uh, heading ability. So... I'm very optimistic about Golizade and possibly getting some playing time as well. All right, we're definitely seeing a good amount of youth on this list for Team Elite players. And I think that, of course, ties into what Arya was talking about, you know, having the most fit players. And it's true. When you look back at that 2014 World Cup, it's really easy to remember how Iran you know, was ready against Nigeria. There was that, was that you know, boring, scoreless draw, unfortunately. But then that the match of their lives against Argentina, you know, they put everything they had into that. And then, like you guys have been saying, gassed out against Bosnia-Herzegovina. I think you had a lot of Team LE fans that were a little disappointed about that. And with that, we're continuing on now. We're getting closer to wrapping up this edition of Team LE Talk. But now let's touch on the goalkeeper position. 
The three players you see now here on the goalkeeper list, obviously not expected to change. Ali Reza Beranvand, Rashid Mazahari, and Amir Abedzadeh. Of course, the son of legendary Iranian keeper Ahmad Reza Abedzadeh. Amir started in goal, made his debut against Uzbekistan in that one nothing friendly victory. And Kiarash, the goalkeeper position has been a big topic of discussion for Team LE fans as we get closer to the World Cup. And naturally, this is a little unfortunate because who wants to be having these questions when we're less than a month away from the tournament starting? Do you, do you think Amir Abedzadeh has a chance to be the starting keeper for Iran against Morocco? Well, I have been following him very closely in his uh, league games for Maritimo, and um, he makes a very confident impression for his young age. I was very surprised to uh, see him start for Maritimo in the last months, and he just unlocked Charles. It's a pretty good uh, young Brazilian goalkeeper. And what uh, makes uh, Apetzada such a potential good keeper is his footwork is excellent. He uh, can really pass the ball well to the uh, other players, namely the midfield. When he uh, takes a goal kick, it uh, when you notice his games from a retail, it exactly reaches the midfield and sometimes even the strikers. And when you play in a team like Team Millie, who, are, uh, who counts on counter-attacking football, that can be an excellent uh, opportunity to be a goalkeeper. But the thing is, Apetzade, um just started to play professionally a while ago. He has not much experience, but he has the edge over the other two goalkeepers, Bayon and Mazari, simply because uh, he's playing in a pretty decent league. And uh, not much Iranian goalkeepers can say that they have been matched up with uh, good Portuguese clubs like Porto, Braga, uh, Sporting. And in these matches, he did exceptionally well. Um, he was sent off against Porto because uh, he came out a little bit too early. But his style um, makes me confident with him in goal. His uh, coming out during set pieces is way more secure. And uh, he, he just has the factor that you need in the penalty box. And uh, I think uh, he can be our surprise uh, goalkeeper in the World Cup. Because the past tells me that uh, Carlos Carrios just looks at the form at that moment. And at this moment, I think Apetzada has the best form of all three goalkeepers. Um, I haven't seen him committing uh, obvious mistakes. But, uh, yeah, he does some weird stuff in terms of positioning. But I think a goal good goalkeeper coach can work on that. But I think he can be our number one. Why not? Arya, how about you? What's your take on Amir Abedzadeh? Um, I think Ayman Abedzad is a good keeper. I think fundamentally, I think he's got what it takes to be a good keeper uh, for Iran. Um, the, he's been good for his club. You know, he's he's been he's taken um, their keeper. Is it Charles? I think his name is a uh, Brazilian keeper who used to be in the under twenty three. I think it was would have been a while ago uh, of Brazil, and he's he's now benched him and he's starting for Maritimo. And I think you know, I don't think it's like. It's amazing because obviously um, the Portuguese league is good, but it's not the best league in the world. But he's done good. I think against Sporting Lisbon, he was very good. You know, did a really good job um, of making sure they won the game. Um, Obviously, uh, like Kiara said, he's good with his feet. His passing is very good. 
But um, I was listening to uh, Peter Shelton, uh, English goalkeeper, talk last week, and he was saying about when the English uh, national team goalkeeper has got announced, and he was saying about um, you know how keepers, how keepers, we we always say how good you are at their feet. Recently, we've been saying you know uh, like um, Ederson and so on are good at passing the ball. Sure, that's important for keepers. It's important to be good at passing the ball and with your feet, but end of the day, as a goalkeeper, your your number one priority has to be saving any shot that comes towards your goal. And you have to look at our, our three keepers, Bayron Van, Mazzoni, and Obazade, and see who is the best at shot stopping. Okay, you can take, you know, Bayron Van's big long throws, very good, very nice, but is it is it gonna is it more important that than shot stopping? No it's not. Um Obazade, you know, again, good keeper, good passing. Is his shot stopping amazing? I think he's had tendencies of giving pretty easy goals sometimes in the Portuguese league, which isn't a worry, but it's kind of like I wish he could save them. Like I think he, there's times where he's had times to save something, but he's just been short. Um, for me, I think Mazoheri is the guy who who makes the saves. You know, who who will do do the job. I think for me, Mazoheri should be number one. But if always it is number one. I'm not against it. I think he's a good keeper. I think Bayron a good keeper too. He makes a lot of mistakes. He frustrates me a lot, but he's not a bad keeper. But we'll see. I mean, Kairos has got a... He's picked three keepers who are good. He he, he dropped Jose Jose Niu in a good season at said, well. But, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know. We'll see what happens. I, I think for me, Malzahedi, but Obazade and Bayron are two good keepers as well. You know, in all honesty, I feel like Mazahari is the keeper for Iran that people just kind of, you know, overlook and don't really give him a lot of credit. What's your take on that, Kiarash? Um, my take is that uh, Mazahari has been a very experienced, go- uh, experienced goalkeeper for Zob Ahan. Um, he has been performing very well in the Asian Champions League. Unfortunately, uh, Zob Ahan uh, has been eliminated by the bigger clubs. Uh, but um, I think he uh, has is the X-factor uh, of the three goalkeepers. And uh, Mazahari, uh, like Arya said, he's a very good shot stopper. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, it matters the most that uh, being able uh, to save one-on-one uh, shots is the most important because uh, we are going to be tested uh, much more than uh, a guy like Apetzal is used to because Maritimu uh, has very safe, secure defenders. They usually play way more defensive, but at a lower level. And Bayron Vent has always the most secure uh, defend, uh, defense uh, in front of him with Paris Police. So when you look at, at it objectively, I think Mazarbi is uh, able to handle the the pressure that comes with World Cup games, the best, simply because uh, he, he's been tested a lot of more than Bayern and Apet, so I think that makes a difference. I also want to add, if you don't mind, um, Arash, uh, that uh, Mazoheri and, and Zoban, Zoban's goalkeeping coach is Portuguese, Rui Tavares, you know, and um, recently uh, Pasha from Rome was that he met up with... Um, with uh, the goalkeeping coach Tavares, and he met up with Mazahiri. And from what I hear is, I I think that he is is in the right state of mind to be the Iran's keeper. I think he's in that situation that for him, he knows what what's expected of him at the World Cup. I don't think Bayron Van knows that. 
And I think Beethoven is too overconfident. For me, I think he doesn't understand what's expected of him as a keeper, but also as a as a leader at the back. I don't think he's there yet. Mentally, I don't think he's there. Uh, obviously, there's probably, he probably understands it, but I don't think they understand it as much as Mazzoheri. Because he's, first of all, he's, he's 29 years old. He, he was, his birthday was yesterday. Um, and I think that he is, is, for me, the best keeper. For me, he is. You know, love the bit of work right there. You mentioned coach for Zobahan is Rui Tavares of Portugal. And I must say, wow, there is a lot of Portuguese influence in Iranian football. But not a surprise there. Guys, just want to thank you both for joining us on Team LA Talk. It really was a pleasure to have you, Arya and Kiarash. Is there something more thank you'd you. like to add before we sign off? First with you, Arya. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, with my friend Kiarash and of course yourself. Um, also, want to just say that we have another podcast called Gold Bazaar that I obviously have mentioned through the podcast. Uh, something that I obviously work for quite, co- quite closely. Um, please check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, uh, Gold Bazaar Podcast. Um, we will be doing podcasts uh, near to the World Cup. Uh, hopefully, you guys can all join in. And um, check us out. Uh, other than that, I really appreciate being on the show today, and hopefully we do uh, well in the World Cup and really give the Iranian fans something to cheer about. Thank you. And Kiarash, how about you? It was a pleasure to be on the podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed my input. I'm looking forward uh, to the next podcast of uh, Team Millie Talk as well. And I want to wish everyone success at the World Cup or their below Team Millie fans. I really hope uh, we can upset and uh, yeah, against all odds. Thank you once again, Kiarash. It was a pleasure. And Arya, pleasure to have you as well. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please make sure you follow us on iTunes or on Stitcher. Subscribe to us. Go to our website, teamelitalk.com. You can find us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know the handle, at Team Ellie Talk. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of Team Ellie Talk. We'll see you next time. Chodafis.